Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free this is odds on with mike palm and amal shaw live from the circus sportsbook on vcin the sports betting network Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. It's Thursday, Amal, so we have a NFL game tonight. The Jacksonville Jaguars will be taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. A lot of implications, especially for our Survivor Contest here. And then a matchup in the ACC with Virginia traveling down to South Florida to take on Miami. Yeah, I took Cincinnati in the Survivor here. We'll see if I can survive, yeah. Do you think Cincinnati will be the most popular pick this week? I do not. I think the Buffalo Bills will be. think the Bills will. The people aren't saving the Bills for that game against New Orleans. No, because they're a road team. And looking yeah. back on it, I probably should have taken Buffalo because uh, I think Cincinnati's, it's going to be a tougher spot than I think Buffalo is against, obviously, Houston. You have two entries them all mm-hmm. and use both on Cincinnati. Uh, no, I haven't used oh, the second one okay. yet. Yeah, all I used right. one on Cincinnati thinking about yeah. going Buffalo the other one. Yeah, I, I hear you. I want to talk about a situation we had yesterday, and it actually involves a play I had from the playbook, which was the Villarreal-Manchester United soccer game under two and a half. It actually went off at plus 120. The night before when I looked at it, it was plus 105. So heavy steam to the over. We took under. I bet 1,500 on the game. And why we're talking about this is because we're talking about hedging and philosophies on hedging. Do you do it? Do you not do it? How do you do it? So 1,500 to win 1,800. Um, scoreless at half. A really lethargic first half from Man U. I wasn't that concerned about it, but there were two goals in the second half. It was 1-1 by the 64-minute mark. Oh, is that quick? Yeah. As it approached the 78-minute mark, I got it to be plus 165 on the over to Mm -hmm. hedge off the bet. I took 1,200 to win 1,940 on the over, 
and locked in a profit of of 420, or if it would have stayed under 600, right. instead of the variance of win 1800 or lose 1500. Your thoughts? I think it's an excellent move. And listen, the old adage is you never go broke taking a profit. And I think it's a smart move. And I think more people should do that, especially if you're making larger bets. Uh, you don't want to put yourself at risk. Here's how I summarize it. Zero to win 420 or zero to win 600 or 1500 to win 1800. I think 99% of people are smart enough to take zero to win 420 or 600 every time. And the game ends up, what happened? Did it go over? Yeah, um, CR7 with a 95th minute goal. <laughs> there you go. And you would end up losing, and you're sitting there thinking at the end you've got I'd an opportunity. Sick all day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's one of the most important things. And I talk about this quite a bit. And so many times, I would say probably about 80 to 90% of games, you'll have an opportunity to hedge. Perfect example, Philadelphia and Dallas on Monday Night Football. Dallas is laying three and a half. At one point in time when it was tied at seven after Philly gets the sack fumble, you could have gotten Philadelphia plus, excuse me, Dallas minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. And so now you've got a middle there, two and a half, three and a half. You had an opportunity to be able to hedge it. So there's generally speaking going to be a great opportunity throughout a game, unless it's absolutely one-sided from the jump, where you you could potentially either get off a play or put yourself in a position to create a hedge, maybe lock in a small profit or minimize a loss. I watched most of the first half of this game, Man U and Villarreal. I didn't think there were that many scoring opportunities. If I did, if I thought there was a potential there was going to be goals in the second half or a likelihood... At halftime, I could have went over one and a half. Right. I believe it was minus 105 or minus 110. Sure. And then when the game got to two, I've already won that bet. Then I could hedge the other way with right. already a profit locked in there. I wouldn't have had to wait to try to get to the 78th minute. Yeah, absolutely. So many different options. And I think it's something important for people that may not be as well-versed on betting to take a look at because you wind up in a situation where you make a profit. Uh, I don't know. Remember the gentleman who had that 16-team parlay? Uh, mm-hmm. What was that, for $25 or something? Or it was a free bucks? bet. It was, it was actually bet. a free bet, a $25 free bet that paid $780,000. Yeah, and to me, why not just insure yourself a certain profit? Now, I get the argument people say, well, may not be able to come up with that type of cash quickly. Let me tell you, if you got that kind of money at stake, you can figure out a way even if you're paying a ton of points on it. Let's take a look at a hypothetical situation uh, when it comes to hedging. You take a five-team NFL parlay um, where you take two early Sunday games, two late games, and then the final game is Sunday night football where you have the Buccaneers minus six and a half. The $100 parlay pays uh, $2,435. When you head into Sunday night in that situation, how do you hedge or do you hedge this? You're sitting on the Bucks minus six and a half. The payout's $2,435 for 100 you know, I, if it were me, I'm looking to hedge it. And I'd probably... And you, straight, you straight almost 50% hedge, right? You... you yeah, it depends on the situation, depends on how much is at risk, depending on how maybe the day has gone or what have you. Here's a situation in this game where you actually you take the bucks in this spot. This game might get to seven or over seven. We're seeing a preponderance of money on the Buccaneers. Now, I know it takes a lot of money to go to and then off of the seven, but I don't think this game's going down in any sport. So you might actually get to a spot where you could take the Patriots plus, plus seven, seven or seven and a half even. Yeah, I think the first thing is yeah. you wait till as late as possible, yeah. right? And now, if for some reason the line came down to six, you can always buy it to six and a half. I think you, you want to do, you don't even have to do that because even if the game lands six, well, no, you would lose on the six and a half. So right. you definitely you want to. to do that. You have to do that in this particular scenario. But I think that's something to consider. And I, I just think it's important. Look, if you're a casual and you don't care, hey, God bless you, more power to you, you don't need to do it. But I think if you're someone like myself or other people that do this as, a, as their income, you've got to be cautious about it here. I'm not, try, I'm not here to prove that I'm better than Matt Metcalf or anything like that. I'm just here to make a profit. That's that's the goal. Your objective is to make money doing it. Whether you're trading stocks or what have you, similar situation. You're just trying to, and people that are uh, trade stocks or day trade arbitraging are very familiar with it. Similar situation here. And I, I think it's very important to be able to do that. 
to ensure you're not putting yourself at risk. Why do that? There's no reason to. I'll give you a quick example. I had a bet on the Tigers many years ago, minus 125, bet 5,000 to win 4,000. Tigers get up 8 nothing in the second inning. And Minnesota was plus 2,500. All I had to do is throw $200 on Minnesota. I'm out of the play. I have no risk. I didn't do that. By the sixth inning, the game was tied at eight apiece. Now, I got lucky. Detroit ends up holding on winning the game. But it's a scenario where I realized from that point going forward, I need to make sure I do this because there's no reason to put yourself at risk. So what? You cut out $200 out of a $4,000 profit? Big deal. You're still netting $3,800. There's no reason for the risk. And looking back on it today, I would actually put $400 on the Twins. So that way, I ensure myself a win either way, either $3,600 or I'm going to make you know 9600 on that Twins play. I think it's important once you get into this, if, if you decide this is the way you want to do it and hedge on a regular basis, you can't second-guess the hedges that lose when your original bet wins. You can't feel bad about, oh, I didn't need to make it. I could have just let the bet ride and win that. You have to let it go and accept that at the time you make the bet. I, I'm tremendous point because I think people get frustrated. They might have a game like Tampa, for example, against the Patriots, the example you just used. They're out in front. Patriots blow them out. Excuse me. Buccaneers blow them out. They're like, oh, I shouldn't hedge this. Yeah, maybe you say that based on the result. Mm -hmm. But the reality is think about how upset you're going to be or how frustrated you will be if you didn't do that and you didn't lock in a profit. I also tend to always hedge to shade to my original bet. Like yesterday, 600 if it stays over, 420 if it stays over, because that was my original theory. Now, maybe I see something, there's a red card and I'm, I'm really scared of it and I go the other way with it. I still want to give myself a little bit of a decision for a sweat. That's a great point, but also you want to probably stay in favor of your original bet in terms of you think that's going to win. That's the reason mm-hmm. you made the play. You want to go. Uh, you want to err on that side being the greater victor financially than as opposed to the hedge. But the biggest thing that you're trying to do is just to basically mitigate the original bet amount so you're not at risk at all. All right, let's talk about Thursday night football in the NFL here. Jacksonville at the Bengals. You said you've made the decision to play the Bengals. Uh, with your survivor play, this line is sitting at the seven and a half now um, in most places with a total of 46. Let me make the arguments for why I would be scared to play the Bengals in this spot. I think, one, the injuries on defense, I think Jacksonville is actually healthier than the Bengals are coming into this game. Two, this is an, a role Cincinnati and their players haven't been in before where they're above 500 now, favored by more than a touchdown in a game and expected to win. And three, I truly believe this is the only time this year where Urban Meyer will not be outmatched on the opposite sideline. I mean, David Culley made him look like Brett Bielema in week one. I don't think Zach Taylor does that here. I I hear what you're saying when you look at the schedule, but uh, for Jacksonville in particular, from a coaching standpoint, by the way, Jacksonville placed uh, the Houston Texans again, so they'll be able to, Mm -hmm. they'll be, they'll have an advantage there. I get your point and they're laying seven and a half. Look, I look at it from a different perspective. The Bengals are now two and one. They're in a very competitive division. If they're going to make some noise, these are the types of games you have to win if you're going to take a step forward. You're playing a team on a quick turnaround with a rookie quarterback going on the road. If this game were in Jacksonville, I would have a completely different perspective on it, but I think the Bengals, the number for me is too high, Mike. I would never lay seven and a half with the Bengals. Would you tease it down? I would. I mean, I yeah. took them to Survivor. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of a you no-brainer. Money line play yeah, exactly. Them Survivor. I think they'll be the first leg of a lot of teasers this weekend. Well, and I think rightfully so. I think they win this game. And Jacksonville has not shown us enough from a consistency standpoint being competitive in games. Look, compare them to an 0-3 Detroit Lions team or an 0-3 New York Giants team. Both of those teams have had games they could have and should have won. Jacksonville has never been close. I mean, they needed a gift from that genius Ryan Gosling wannabe called Cliff Kingsbury that decided to try a 68-yard field goal. I mean, give me a break. You know, you know what? This guy is the Peter Principal at its finest. 
finds his way as a job as a head coach. He has no business being as a mediocre coach from Texas Tech. You're right. He was not successful at Texas Tech. I and mean, he shouldn't have kept his job there, right? And then, <laughs> and then they're they're trying to hire him at all the big, these Division One big schools, and he ends up getting the job at, at Arizona. They did, you know, at one point on that drive where they had that drive where they ran the ball, ran, ran, ran like eight straight, seven straight rushes, and they scored, missed the extra point to go up 19-10. I was a little concerned because I had Arizona uh, in in a teaser. I was a little concerned, but then after that, they didn't go back to the running game at all. They tried to throw the ball with Lawrence, and they reverted to their bottom of the league offensive uh, statistics in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the other thing I have a concern with Lawrence right now is this. When I watched uh, Justin Fields on Sunday, he looked like he was scared, didn't know really how to execute the offense. And I feel like Lawrence has kind of fallen into that trap a little bit. This is a guy who's had tremendous success when he was in uh, high school in Georgia. I don't think he lost a game or something like that or didn't lose many games. At Clemson, we saw the success he had making the college football playoff all three years, including a freshman year of winning the national championship. So for me, he's had tremendous success, but mechanically, that interception touchdown he threw, I think it was uh, Byron Murphy, I mean, he's throwing the ball off his back foot like you're playing backyard football. you got to plant and you got to throw that football. He puts a little bit of mustard on it. That ball is complete. It's not picked off. The game changes, and these are the type of mistakes that killed the Jaguars. The other thing is, Mike, they have played uh, two out of three games at home against Houston. They were lifeless on the road, and I think this will be a challenge here in the short week. Going out, are you surprised at all how much he struggled, given the fact the cliff that Clemson seems to have fell off since he left? Well, I think that that's attributable to the fact that Tony Scott's one of the worst offensive coordinators for a Power 5 team. Dabo just can't see that. And the other thing to me is that, you know, Lawrence had a lot of talent around him as well. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a look at a couple college football games that might be considered trap games this weekend. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like, that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. 
With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN's point spread weekly is out now, and in this edition, we break down Tom Brady's return to New England and his face off with Bill Belichick. Matt Eumanns focuses on Lane Kiffin's showdown with Nick Saban. Brady Cannon evaluates the Week 4 contest plays. And Adam Burke breaks down situational spots that have maximum value. These stories and more are in this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly. Download it today or go to vcin.com slash subscribe for more, for more information. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Point Spread Weekly, a mall certainly full of information on every matchup. Each and every week comes out on Wednesdays. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. Let's talk about the game tonight in South Florida. Virginia at Miami. Miami's laying five and a half. They, since they went to Atlanta to play Alabama in week one, they haven't left home. And after this game, they have a week off before they go to Chapel Hill. Will Miami be focused enough tonight against a Virginia team that got beat down on national TV Friday night at home against Wake Forest? Or will they be thinking about their plans downtown in Miami tomorrow night? <laughs> it's a fair question. Uh, we'll see what's going on in Brickle before they get out before this game. Uh, to me, the one thing you, you want to keep in mind is Miami had the game against Central Connecticut State. They absolutely boat raced them. And Mike, I think that helps, not because you beat them, just that the team was focused enough they haven't given up on the season. Here's the other thing that I think if you're looking at, if you're every other team in the league, including Wake Forest and anybody else, Clemson now looks like they're kind of, they, they had a standing eight count. There's a potential to knock this team out even before the ACC championship game. How good would it be for this league if you finally get some new blood in there with a chance to win? Because I think what Clemson's won six ACC crowns in a row, something like that. Miami's got a great opportunity here. Bronco Mendenhall's team has not played defense all year long. We saw against um, North Carolina, one yard short of 700 total. And then Wake Forest, um, you know, they had to find a guy in the stands to pull out because they didn't bring their punter with them. So they had to use somebody in the fourth quarter to punt as they were just absolutely boat racing Virginia here. They've got to get better. Brennan Armstrong's terrific, but sometimes he has a propensity to hold the ball a little bit too long. We'll see what Miami can do defensively. What do you think of this totals? High total, 61 and a half. Yeah, I actually was leaning a little bit towards the under. I think Miami's defense is uh, better than any defense they've faced so far. Uh, Virginia, I think they'll be able to slow them down, but 
Here's the thing. Can De'Ara King throw the ball with some accuracy, and can Cameron Harris run the ball? If they can run the ball between the tackles, it is going to be a big day for the Canes. If Miami loses at home to Virginia tonight, do we see Manny Diaz after the bye week? That is an outstanding question. And Mike, I'm telling you, I was looking at the schedule and I thought the same thing. I said, do we see a replacement with Manny Diaz? I don't know if they're going to make the change very quickly because remember one thing that people forget about the U. It is a small private school. The enrollment's four or 5,000 down there. They don't, they're not necessarily, even though it's an expensive school, they're not flush with cash to just go out and buy out a coach, even though Manny's not making a ton of money. I don't know if they'll necessarily do that. I don't know if that's the right move unless you've got somebody in mind. You asked me a great question before we came on. Would Mario Cristobal be a viable candidate for them? I just don't think they have the facilities and the resources to be able to compete in the superpower era of college football right now of the arms race that every other program has going on. So remember, he's a native he's, uh, of Cuban descent from, you know, originally from South Florida. It would be an intriguing one, but I, I don't think it's hard. It's hard to leave Oregon and Phil Knight money. Tomorrow night, a terrific Big Ten matchup as the fifth ranked Iowa Hawkeyes travel to College Park to take on Tua's little brother in the Maryland <laughs> Terrapins. You like Iowa in this spot. So does Paul Howard. He made the argument he thinks they will handle this Maryland offense, and he likes them to cover the field goal here. I'm, it's a stay away. I think it's a trick spot for me. We talked about yesterday, what's Penn State at Iowa going to be? Matt Metcalf said he, if he made the line today, he'd make the Hawkeyes at three at home against the Nittany Lions. Yeah, I, I, I just don't get this line. And look, if I get beat on this, I get beat on it. Is, you're just trying to take away your Iowa bias. Is that why you're not backing the Hawkeyes here? I look, Mike, it's, to me, this is a great spot for the Hawkeyes. Even though it's on the road Friday night, I like them a lot. Their defense should be able to control this uh, team. I, I'm not a big Mike Loxley guy. I, I'm not a big fan of this Maryland team overall. I like Iowa. How about the total 48 here? I have no opinion on that. And I will say this, though. I think it could be a little bit higher scoring simply because the Hawkeyes should be fairly effective moving the ball against this Maryland team. All right, let's move on to Saturday in the Big 12. Oklahoma survives. Survives West Virginia. The only time they led in that game was at the final gun. Very, very fortunate, giving a ton of points. They're going to lay double digits on the road. They're going to Manhattan this week. Of all the line is 11 52 and a half the total. Is this a trap spot for Oklahoma? I don't know if it's a trap spot, but I will tell you this. Whichever side you're betting, it's not a bet on that team. It's a bet against the opponent. Kansas State got walloped up in Stillwater. Mm. Oklahoma was very fortunate on a bad snap potentially to be able to survive that game against the Mountaineers. I, Boy, I was really upset for Neil Brown and company. I thought that was a game that would have been really a turning point for that program this year. I thought they played extremely well. Loved that ball control drive they had to start the third quarter. They were tremendous, excuse me, the first, I think it was the first quarter. Um, but, Mike, Oklahoma has had some difficulties going into K-State. Remember last year, Kansas State beat them in Norman. Revenge spot here for the Sooners. Spencer Rattler has not played well. Um, so something to keep in mind here, you know, Marvin Mims, to me, is a tremendous receiver. I think he's only got, what, 10 catches on the year so far. Got to get him the football. The bigger thing is they've got to run the ball more effectively. If you believe Oklahoma is going to be your Big 12 champion, don't you have to lay 11 in this spot here? Shouldn't they cover 11? Yeah, I think that's a fair argument, but I don't think it's an open and shut yeah. case simply because you're on the road. When teams go into the Little Apple, it just seems like these guys find a way to be competitive. They play their style of game. How much of a chance do you give Sark and crew at the State Fair next week against Lincoln Riley? I think they got a great chance. Yeah. I'm actually disappointed I won't be at that game. Not a big fan of going to games, but... I think this Red River is going to be really good because Oklahoma is not as good as I thought coming into the season, mm -hmm. and Texas has been better than I anticipated. And, you know, I, I was uh, texting Felica yesterday because I want to get his op uh, opinion. I Look, I think they've got the best running back in college football. Bijan Robinson, I think, should have an effective day on the ground against this team. And to me, Mike, when you look at it, if Casey Thompson 
could just minimize mistakes, they've got a chance. And it's amazing. I've seen in this rivalry so many times, games you think are going to be close, Boomer Sooner absolutely blows them out. Games you think are not going to be competitive, it's a tight game, and Texas finds a way to be in those games. Texas A&M off the loss to Arkansas host Mississippi State this week. They have to go to Tuscaloosa next week, a game they circled on their calendars before the year started, as Jimbo hasn't been close to Nick since coming over uh, to Col uh, College Station. The line here is seven. Uh, is this a look-ahead trap spot for A&M? Not being at home and coming off a loss, no. I think everything changed for them with the loss. Had they won the game against Arkansas with the Razorbacks coming in as a top-20 team in Jerry World, it would have been a different story. Now you got to refocus, and you've got to slow down Will Rogers. I will say this. I thought LSU did a very nice job defensively. Remember last year we saw Sam, Pitt, Sam Pittman put the blueprint together for everyone in the league. Once they shut down Mississippi State at 17-point dogs, I think you see a similar situation here. The concern I have that still remains among A&M's issues are the offense. Spiller's tremendous, but you can't be a great running back when everyone knows you're going to run the football. Very low total for a Mike Leach game where he's involved, but I look under here, 46. I agree with you because the Mississippi State defense isn't bad. They gave up a big play against LSU last week, but for the most part, they did a nice job of keeping Max Johnson in check. They had a short field on another drive. Mike, one other thing to keep in mind with Mike Leach, and I think this is a little bit of a misnomer. Everyone thinks they throw the ball, they throw the ball the air raid, but the reality of it is it is a slow, controlled, methodical drive. Will Rogers not really going to beat you over the top. It comes down to tackling and making those plays when you have an opportunity to keep guys to three and four and five yard gains. Penn State hosts Indiana this week. They're laying 12 and a half. Big game at Kennick next Saturday. Look ahead spot. Trap game here for Penn State. Yeah, you, the uh, this one is interesting to me. I still think Penn State's very focused. I like the way they're playing. Uh, I don't think IU, based on losing the game last year, remember Noah Kane didn't fall down. That has a huge impact. I think this is more of a circled game for Penn State on the calendar. I like the Nittany Lions here to cover 12 and a half. I, th I think it's going to be a focused James Franklin squad. I asked this question last week, all week long. Why was Wisconsin a six, six and a half point favorite owner name? And I'm going to ask you this week, why are they two and a half over Michigan? I know it's at Camp Randall, but what has Wisconsin done to earn being a favorite in this spot? Well, first of all, okay, let's look at their games. Against Penn State, they missed a couple of opportunities against an elite, elite level. Penn State's got a better defense than Michigan. Make no mistake about that. Sean Clifford is better than Cade McNamara. Uh, Bell's out for Michigan at wide receiver. The best receiver, arguably, outside of Olave and Wilson for me, is Jahan Dotson in the Big Ten. And when you look at it from that perspective, I know people might make the argument for Fry Fogel at Indiana, but I don't see it the same way. Michigan has done well, but they stumbled in the second half against Rutgers. They, have, they did dominate Washington, but this is a Washington team. We talked about their struggles. They had to go to overtime against Cal last weekend. Wisconsin had an opportunity. If they score and capitalize without the false start and the penalty against in the red zone against uh, Penn State, I think they may win that football game. The other thing is that game against Notre Dame, I get the final score was 41-13. If you just see the final score, you see blowout city. Make no mistake about it. This Badger defense and Jim Leonard, I'm going to tell you right now, Paul Chris' biggest concern outside of Graham Merch should be when Jim Leonard leaves for a head coaching job. This guy is tremendous. By the way, Ohio State, shell out some money and go get Jimmy Leonard to be your defensive coordinator. This guy is unbelievable. Mike, they had 32 rushing attempts and three yards. Think about a game when you have a kickoff return and two pick sixes. That is not on Leonard's defense. Yeah, this, that final score should have been 16-13, one way or the other. Absolutely, one yeah. One Absolutely. way or the other. Uh, Auburn escaped last week against Georgia State. Now they have to go to Death Valley to take on LSU. LSU is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Are they justified being a, more than a field goal against a ranked team? They've beaten a bunch of cupcakes uh, other than their loss at UCLA in the Rose Bowl. 
forget the ranked team business. Okay, that, that's irrelevant to me. This is the team in Auburn that should have lost on the plains to Georgia State last week. But to me, LSU has turned things around nicely. I thought that win in Stark Vegas was good for them, building momentum, moving forward. Max Johnson is starting to get a little bit more confident. Defensively, they've been solid. Here's the question. Who's going to get the start? Bo Nix, TJ Finley is the question mark there in Auburn. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a look at my top five power rankings in the NFL and teaser possibilities this week. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every single game of all, plus full access to vsin.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's the Mall Show. We're doing this on Thursdays. We skipped last week, which is okay. Hey, we could do this every other week. Power rankings. I'll give my power rankings in the NFL, and then you can react to it. I want to refresh everyone's memory. After the first week, I had the Chiefs 1, the Browns 2, the Bucks 3, the Rams 4, and the Bills 5. I've made some adjustments, although there's no new teams. It's the five in a different <laughs> order. Let's start out with number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. I dropped them from first to fifth and even thought about dropping them out of the top five. Do you know you can bet them here at Circus Sports at plus money to win the AFC West right now? I'm not surprised, but when you look oh. at the Chargers schedule, I don't know if it's necessarily the, excuse me, the best bet in the world. They still have to climb over three teams, right? They're sitting at one and two, and you have three. You're dismissive of the Raiders and Broncos as legitimate threats in the AFC West. Look, the Raiders have the Steelers was a quality win, yeah. but I think we're going to realize that Pittsburgh is a seven and ten type of team. Um, the game against the Ravens probably a game the Ravens will look back and say, "Hey, we blew a fourteen point lead in the third quarter." And the game against the Dolphins, I thought uh, Flora should have gone for it on third down and three, and then fourth down and two or whatever it was. I, uh, I I'm just their defense hasn't really gotten any better, Kansas City. To, to me, appreciably better, and I think they're starting to get too cool for school here with all the <laughs> no-look passes and the flip passes. Too many turnovers. Some the receiver's fault, but some are Mahomes' fault. Well, I think, look, we're going to find out this week what this team is all about. They go into the link. This yeah. is an important game for Andy Reid. Good opportunity for the Chiefs. Okay, number four, the Buffalo Bills. They moved up a spot by virtue of the Chiefs falling. I was impressed for the most part with the Buffalo Bills' victory uh, over the football team in Orchard Park. They really ran them out of the gym. The offense was good. It, it bounced back from blowing that game week one against the Steelers. I don't give a lot of credence to the win in Miami. Uh, Tua gets hurt. I am with you. Tua gets hurt. I think Brissett was totally out of it, not really ready to play. Looked a lot better against the Raiders than he did in that game. He was just awful in that game, but we thought he could bounce back a little bit. Uh, number three on my list, the Buccaneers. Uh, there's still three, but they flip-flop spots with the Rams. Uh, I had the Rams fourth in the original poll. Based on the head-to-head, uh, I thought the Rams looked better. The Rams were better on defense and were really in control of that game. I had to move them up above Tampa Bay. So my number two comes in the Rams uh, for the aforementioned reasons. And Do you agree with that? Rams ahead of Tampa Bay right now. Uh, yeah, of course. I'm actually shocked. Who the hell do you have at number one? The Cleveland Browns. Oh, my God. Give me a break. You know, it was funny. I was sitting there trying to figure out, who does he have? Cleveland? Does he have Green Bay? Who do you have in I this? thought about putting Green Bay fifth, actually. That's fine. 
But then when I see <laughs> I see the Buccaneers at three, I said, okay, he's probably got Green Bay at two, which I would thought was a bit of an overreaction. I thought you have the Buccaneers at two, but the Browns at one. Mm-hmm. What have you been watching from the Cleveland Browns that makes you believe this is the number one ranked team thus far? This is Balance. their team. Okay, hold on. Well, you're right. I they thought are, you were going to pause there. No, Sorry. They, they are balanced. You're right. Yeah. They did lose one game. They won the next game. No, they're I, balanced offensively and defensively. They can get after the quarterback. I think they're going to get after Kirk Cousins, something like he hasn't seen yet this year. The Vikings have not played a pass rush th- yet this year. I think they will be dominant in Minnesota this week. And here's the thing. Baker doesn't have to be great for them to win because their offensive line is so good. I would agree with you there. The offensive line is terrific. I love the running game. The best combo in the NFL for me. However... They have beaten the Bears and the Houston Texans. And if I recall correctly, in those two games, they were tied at halftime in both of those. If Tyrod Taylor doesn't go down, you and I both said Mm. it felt like the Houston Texans could beat them in that game. Isn't it amazing the effect Tyrod Taylor has on that team? Though they play much better in every aspect of the game. I've tried to tell you about Taylor for a long time. I've said this guy doesn't turn the football over. You don't turn the ball over. You give yourself a chance to win games. But here's my problem with your your ranking. I don't have a problem. Where would you put the Browns? Number four. Okay. That that's why. Not only have the Rams won their games, I I'm not gonna say you're dominant in a road game at Indy. That's a tough spot. But this team has not skipped a beat throughout the course of the season. They've been outstanding. Matthew Stafford nine touchdown passes. They have been electric so far. They've gotten off to a better start than even I anticipated, despite the fact that I believe they were going to win the NFC. All right, Amal, we talked about last week with the Stanford Wong teasers g- going up through the three and seven or down through the seven and three. Seven out of eight last week. Your only loser was the Chiefs, who you could have teased down from seven, down to one. Let's look at the legs. We talked about the Bengals a little bit already, and you agree with this. Teasing the Bengals from seven and a half down to one and a half, you agree with that move. I I do, because I think there's a greater likelihood that the Bengals could win by 14 points as opposed to the uh, Jaguars winning on the road. Okay. The football team goes to Atlanta to take on the Falcons, who now have a victory after their game against the Giants at MetLife. The Falcons are plus one. Do you tease the Falcons up through the three and the seven here? Uh, I would say, yeah, but it's not a teaser I would take. Not me either. Yeah, I'll pass. Yeah, I'll pass. Okay, fair enough. I don't know if I had that option. I'll I'll pass pass on this game. Okay. I I, I just, I I don't know what to make of either of these teams. So will the graphics department on this one. All right, let's move on. Perhaps they have Panthers at Cowboys ready. Your Dallas Cowboys are a four-point favorite at Jerry World. Would you tease the Panthers up through the seven and ten? I would. I think with their defense, Matt Rule, the way they play the game, they're going to try to control tempo. I think this would be a competitive game. Now, I, okay, this is at four now. I think last yeah. night I thought it was at four and a half in some spots. I like the Panthers getting – see, again, now let me ask you this question. Are you doing six, six and a half, or seven? Well, but I don't know. I mean, to me, I think you have the option, and then you find the other game that that same number makes sense with. Right, right? You shouldn't be limited to six, six and a half, seven. Correct. Uh, we, we try to go with six, but in this spot, you take six and a half to get it through the 10. Unless you're playing t- ties win teasers, then why not just get it to the 10? Yeah, I, I think when you look at it, uh, for me, I would tease the Panthers up. I think there's a possibility. Now, I'm not as big of a believer in them. I think Dallas is going to have a much better season than I anticipated. I think the Cowboys are playing well, particularly at home. In reference to this game, the Cowboys and the Panthers, I've heard a couple guys I respect who like this total under uh, 52. I would, I would lean that way. I think this is a game where Carolina, you're going to have to play this one tight, close to the vest. Now, with that being said on the Carolina one, I will tell you this. I'm not going to take Carolina and the points on the teaser. I, I would go up with Carolina. I wouldn't go down with Dallas, but I, I'm not going to take it. Okay, let's talk about the game in uh, Miami. Colts play the Dolphins. This number, one and a half, two, two and a half in some spots. The consensus right now is two. 
Do you think that you should tease uh, the Colts up through the three and the seven here on the road? I'm, I ask this because you have not been um, had much flattery for the play of Carson Wentz so far this year. Well, I don't think his teammates have either. <laughs> Uh, I think I would tease this one up to eight or nine with the Colts. I, I just think with you Miami, would. yes, because I don't think Jacob, Jacoby Brissett's going to blow you out. Also, Miami's defense leaves a little bit to be desired. I think Wentz can be effective enough to be able to win this game. I don't know if they win it, but I like the plus eight or nine here in this one. This one I would do. If you had the Colt or the, I'm sorry, the Dolphins plus four against the Raiders, which was the most popular pick in the Circa Millions, do you feel that was a fortunate cover that Miami covered the four when the Raiders had the the, the two score lead in the fourth quarter? I don't or necessarily no. think so. They were down 11. Yeah. I mean, they got a field goal. They cut it to eight. I thought they played the game strategically, mm. strategically extremely well. And they came back, and I, I thought, listen, Brissett made a tremendous play on the fourth and goal play. Uh, and you'll know my answer to this one. Browns are laying two at the Vikings. Do you tease the Vikings up through the three and the seven? I wouldn't because I think the Browns are going to be dominant here. Well, I would. I think Minnesota's been much more competitive than they're given credit for. I think plus eight at home, uh, U.S. Bank, they've got a chance in this game. I think they have a chance to win this game. I don't think they will but I think they have a chance to win this game. Would you play them other than in a teaser, the Vikings? I would not. Okay. Uh, Giants at Saints. I think this game is considered in Survivor as well. I think there's really only three Survivor choices. The unfortunate thing is due to what we call our crazy rules, you have Buffalo and the Saints playing in one of the, in the, in the Thanksgiving. It kindly. Yeah, in, in, the, in the Thanksgiving window. Saints are seven and a half at home against the Giants. Do you tease them down to one and a half? No. I would tease the Giants up. Up over 14. I would because even though the Saints defense is dominant, I, I still think the Giants are a competitive football team. I mean, I, they had that hiccup against Denver. They got smoked in that game. But against Washington, they played well. Now, maybe you kind of equate that to being Washington is just not a particularly strong team. Look, I know you believe in the Saints more than I do. I still think the Saints... Yeah, the offense has not been good. That, that's Let's my concern. Let's be honest with that, you. Yeah, that's what I'm... Jameis had five touchdown passes and 95 yards at that point. He threw his fifth touchdown pass in that game again. They had the short field the whole game. Yeah, exactly. So they played well defensively against the Patriots. their defense is real. Yeah. Oh, there's no they question about been, it. They have But they, they have been, exactly... Yeah, you know, yeah. Drew Brees gets called the credit, but the reality is his defense has been yeah. terrific. No, it wasn't Drew Orleans. It's New Orleans. Okay, I Tight, like that. I've never heard that. Titans are laying before. seven at MetLife against the Jets. I think this will be a very popular teaser. What, like teasing Titans down to one to win the game? Okay, look. If the Jets win, you take the loss and you say, "Hey, congratulations." That's it. You, this is a no-brainer. Do you play the Titans and lay the seven here in this spot, or you stay away from? No, them? I would. I would you lay would, the seven. Would. Yeah. There, let me tell you something, Zach Wilson. Boy, that confidence is very short right now. I feel sorry for the kid. Another popular leg will be the Chiefs seven at the Eagles. Tease that down to one. Return game for uh, Andy Reid back to the link. I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy. I've told you that for a long time. I think Kansas City plays well. They need this game on the road. Can you imagine if the Chiefs went to one and three? Take your chances here. Well, how about th this is going to be the most popular t uh, teaser of the weekend. Tennessee with Kansas City. All right, when we come back, we'll have the playbook and I'm all in. We'll finish out these teasers and take a look at some college football futures. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never see me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Run to the other end of the interception. If you're looking for more points and more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast to design tackle sports betting from the local perspective. The Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh CityCast are up and running with five new episodes every week. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. I was told to stop talking, so I want to stop right now. <laughs> that was meant for somebody else. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's a Mall Shaw. We've got breaking news. Hot off the presses, a Mall Shaw has a play tonight. I do. It's going to be a smaller play here. This is not a big play on the University of Miami at home, minus five and a half. Hurricanes right now, this is the current number. I like them to win this game. This Virginia defense has been horrendous. So uh, I'll take a shot here with the Canes and see if De'Ara King and company get three and two. I hedged off that play. Otherwise, we would have been three and oh if we don't get that late CR7 goal. So that's why these, these statistics are a little bit misleading because they don't really tell the betting totals. But, uh, um, won the baseball game. Mariners, they're, they're hanging in there. I mean, what an interesting story. I'm going to go with a two-unit, three-team baseball parlay, uh, Amal. That's the teams that need to win, right? Red Sox hanging on to that second wild-card spot against the Orioles, Giants against the Dreadful D-backs, and Dodgers against the Padres. 
That, that was the exact parlay I took last night. Yeah, Sox I, had lost four in a row. I, I thought, I I thought Valdi, but for very yeah. small, I'm betting same, same. Here. Well, Giants, you know, fortunately get out of that one game nothing. one and one nothing. Had a couple opportunities in the first and, and second. The Dodgers with the bottom of the four eighth. homers in the bottom of the eighth <laughs> inning last night, well, scoring uh, what six or five runs that, there. That's in the what eighth you inning. have left of a Tangler bullpen that was burned out in June. Okay, <laughs> and then I took this Gink game, the Belgian squad. They're at home, Dynamo Zagreb, under two and a half. The only time Zagreb's given up more than one goal was against Sheriff in Terraspol. And that when that loss is flattered by the fact that they went to Real Madrid and beat them two to one this week. That's a very legitimate squad. That's how Terraspool got to the champions, and and how Zagreb stayed in Europa. Yeah, I tell you what, this is uh, one I'm not going to be involved. In. Now you said this is Champions League. No, this is Europa. Europa, all Europa, all Europa. Today. I was going to say I didn't think Dynamo yeah. Zagreb was in Champions League. No, but, but if said, they would have beaten Terraspool, they would have been. That was a promotion game. Ifs and nuts were candy and uh, Christmas every day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pots and pans, the whole world would be a kitchen. Let's get back to the <laughs> the Wong teasing teasing question. Cardinals at Rams. The Rams, your team, are four. Emotional win for them, beating Tampa Bay. Huge victory. They stay at home at SoFi to host the Cardinals, who are 3-0. and Do you tease the Cardinals up through 10, or do you go through the zero with the Rams? No, I'm a little bit concerned about a potential for the Rams, a little bit of a hiccup here. But I would, if I were to play this game, I would tease it down. Here's why. The Rams have beaten the Cardinals in their last eight games by an average of 31-11. to they have dominated this series. A 20-point margin of victory. I expect them to have another tremendous successful outing against them. These short, quick outs, this this Cardinals defense is not able to get home against this team. So I, I like the Rams here. I'm going to lay the four. Here's an interesting game, and the one I'll be watching. Ravens, off that emotional win, that improbable win with the Tucker 66-yard field goal. They now go to Denver to take on the undefeated Broncos. Some people are surprised that Denver is favored in this spot. It's one or one and a half. Do you tease the Ravens up through the seven? Uh, I do. Uh, I just don't think this Denver offense is going to be able to score that many points. I think uh, Lamar Jackson's a difference maker. Boy, this is a good one here. I think the Ravens win this football game. You know, uh, I, I learned this from Matt Brown, one of your friends from Louisiana who appears on primetime action with our mutual friend, Gil Alexander. Teddy Bridgewater, and we call him, you know, Teddy Two Gloves, check down Charlie, known for a controlled short passing game, actually has the third most attempts of targets over 20 yards so far this year in the NFL. Listen, I thought Teddy Bridgewater could play when you he was out. Little, you, you th- I said it for a long time. You said this was the right choice. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't, it was funny. When I went on my Denver Broncos rant, I thought it was going to be Drew Locke. You who was really starting. Did. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was going to be Drew Locke, yeah. the starting quarterback. But I've always thought it should be Teddy Bridgewater. And he's been written off since that injury in Minnesota. But this guy, all he does is win. Think about it in New Orleans. He's out, uh, he's in for five games for Drew Brees. They go 5-0. and oh. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the statue that has been Roethlisberger go to Lambeau to take on the Packers. This number sitting at six and a half. It has touched seven in some spots. Do you tease the Packers down? Or do you just lay the points? Great question. There's not much coming out of this Steelers team right now. I think that that win against San Francisco really propels the Packers here. I think you do both. I I like the Packers in this game a lot. Uh, But I like laying six and a half here. And then the Sunday night game, another six and a half point spread. Tom Brady and the Bucs off the loss at SoFi to the Rams. They go back to New England to take on Bill Belichick. Lane six and a half. Do you tease the Bucks down? I one? think this is the most important regular season game that didn't have a playoff implication that Tom Brady has played in since they played at Giant Stadium in 2007 when they were trying to go 16 and 0. I think this game has more meaning to Tom Brady in a regular season than probably any other game ever has ever had. How about the prop Brady over two and a half touchdown passes? I would go yes in this game. I think they're going to run the ball anywhere inside the 20. If they get the, <laughs> yeah. into the red zone, they'll be, they'll be firing the ball. Listen, the you zone. think this, the game doesn't mean something yeah. to Brady? 
You, you know, listen, I, I know Michael Lombardi is a big fan of Bill Belichick, and rightfully so. He's worked with him for a long time. But the one thing that I would point to as a negative about Belichick compared to some of the other great coaches is disposition in terms of how he related to players. That's why, to me, you look at some of the guys that were legends along the way. It was their ability to relate to players. All right, let's flip the script to college football and do some more would-you-rather. Sure. Would you rather have a Heisman ticket on Matt Corral at plus 150 or Bryce Young at plus 180? I'm going to have to go Bryce Young there. Or neither. I'll give you a third option, neither. Uh, I think they're both too short of price. I do too. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, nobody should be under 3-1 to one at this point. We've played three games in the season. Now, I will make the counter-argument that nobody has gotten off to a terrific start from other programs. I mean, who are you looking at? This, this year has not really been great. I know Young and Corral have played tremendously well, but I don't think they should be anointed thus far. I saw something that at DraftKings, they have a prop, who will be the number one pick in next year's NFL draft, and Brock Purdy's still like the fourth choice at 10-1. to 1. Is he going in the first round? No, I, I, you, I think you, you, where, where are you looking at, the Purdy line? <laughs> No, I'm See, serious. Where the hell, who the hell's I coming up with this? I can't. Oh, could, it was it was the Matt Campbell line. <laughs> Would you rather have a Heisman ticket at twenty five to one on JT Daniels or Spencer Rattler? Oh, Spencer Rattler. I mean, uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, you know what I did? I confused JT Daniels to USC. I put instead of Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis. Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking Daniels at USC. No, I would rather have it on JT Daniels. He's going to play bigger games than the SEC. Remember, they've got Arkansas this weekend. They're still going to have to potentially face, face Alabama. They're definitely going to have to play Florida. I think when you look at the schedule, the marquee matchups, I like JT Daniels. I'm going to give you three tickets to win their conference, and I want you to rank them what you think is the best ticket, one, second best, and third, okay? Ready? Clemson to win the ACC minus $1.40, Alabama to win the SEC minus $1.50, Oklahoma to win the Big 12 minus $1.60. Oklahoma to win the Obvi Big 12. To me, that's obvious. Yeah. And then, would you rather have Alabama or Clemson? I'd rather have Alabama. I don't think Clemson's winning the ACC. I, <laughs> I don't I, either. Who the I hell think keeps I thinking they're winning the I ACC? Think I'd need to get plus $2 or 250 on Clemson to let, make that bet. Let me throw you a couple of stats on Clemson so far this year. They've scored seven points in the second quarter this year. They have not scored more than 14 points in any game that's against the FBS team and or has not gone to overtime. Mike, they scored zero offensive touchdowns against Georgia. Great defense, we know that, but three points offensively. They had against uh, Georgia Tech 14 points, against NC State 14 points in regulation. I mean, come on, this team is really struggling. And their two best players now are out. Okay, which ticket would you rather have? to uh, Iowa to make the playoff at plus $7 or Texas to make the playoff at plus seven fifty? Oh, that's easy. Hawkeyes. Okay, I'm a pass on both. Oh, uh, you, you, I, I know. I'm just saying. I, I would rather have Iowa, but I, I wouldn't take either of those prices. Yeah, I you. have Iowa at eight to one to win the Big Ten, and that doesn't mean they're getting in the playoff. No, they're getting in all. if they win the Big Ten. Yeah, but they don't have to for me to make money. They just need to make it to the title game. Oh yeah, that's at, fair. At, at I, I you meant, and yeah. I hope Ohio State's not on the other side because they'll get a better price. Right. Um, which of these tickets would you rather have? Alabama to make the playoff at minus seven dollars, or Penn State to miss the playoff at minus seven dollars? Boy, that's a great mm. question. Um, Indeed. I would say Penn State to miss. Yeah, Penn State to miss. Because if they lose at Ohio State, I think it's going to be tough for them to get in. Which of these tickets would you rather have? Michigan to make the playoffs at 5-1 to one or Clemson at 550? Oh, Clemson at 550. Come on. 
Notre Dame at six to one or Cincinnati at plus six fifty to make the playoff. I'm sorry, who was the second one? Notre Dame or Cincinnati? They play each other this week in South Bend. Notre Dame is plus six dollars. Cincinnati is plus six fifty. I'd keep that schedule up here, Britain, please. Uh, I would say Notre Dame because I think Notre Dame may win this game. I don't know if they do or they not. They have more depth to their schedule. Look at this schedule. They play like a bunch of teams that are like between 40 and 50th best teams in the country, right? Or 40 I, would ag- and I would agree with you, but when you look at the rest of the schedule, Virginia Tech at, at Blacksburg, that's going to yeah. be a tough one. Mm-hmm. USC at home, they should win. North Carolina at home, they should win. Navy, they're going to destroy. Mm-hmm. At Virginia, they'll win. Georgia Tech's defense has gotten far better. Uh, at Stanford's no gimme. No, Stanford's no gimme, but... Cincinnati, they have to deal with the stigma of the fact that they're not not—they're a group of five team. Amal, you had a bet on this game. I, I want to close with this. You had a bet on UCLA and Stanford, correct? David Shaw, with nine minutes to go, kicked the field goal in a game that was seven points. What was it? They were down nine. Uh, Is that right? No, they were down four. Se- seven. He cut it to four. Is that correct? Yeah, correct, correct, correct. He was fourth and two. Nine minutes to go, and he kicked the field goal to take it from seven to four. Did you agree with the decision? I did, because you're going to have to score twice to win the game. You weren't going to go for two if you scored. I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. It's an interesting choice there. How about Brett Bielema punting from the plus 34 on fourth and two? I'm just glad Brett Bielema doesn't punt on third down. (laughs) Stay tuned to VEASAN. Up next, betting across America. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 